0: That is a duel from Jim Cahill has done it again. What a goal by Tim Cahill. Thompson. Five goals for Archie. Spring that, but you head up from Melbourne. And the league champion, Dark Lord Zoghem.
1: On Halftime the World Game with Carlos Alberto Diego from fourdiegos.com. For auction your car, car
2: auction this Saturday. He does satisfy us. He's jiggling in his seat. He's ready for a big hour. He is Carlos Alberto Diego. Welcome.
1: How are you, Half? I've got the VIX Vapor Rub for you. I'm going to need I'll it. tell you what, I've been there, brother. I know you have. Uh, on this show, I've been there. I know you have. <laughs> now, listen, you take a rest. It'll just be me and the listeners today. Okay, let <laughs> let like, us run the show. I'm
2: okay to just top a tail in and out of breaks if you like. Yeah, yeah. You can just run the show. You know,
1: people people talk about big efforts in in sport and in you know you know the big the big uh, do or die efforts, the ones where they people reach deep 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 down. Deep down. That's what you're doing that's right that's now. To right. be here to do. You got your pajamas on. <laughs> you got My the hot boots. water bottle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's not too bad. It's getting. Um, I think it's getting better. I think.
1: I'm no, it's sure. getting worse, mate. <laughs> anyway, feel, you'll be right. I'm feeling good about
2: myself until then. You'll be right.
1: right. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm really well. And uh, of course, uh, you know, I've got over that. Uh, we talked about the hangover last week, you know, yes. the World Cup. And I'm, you know, I, I get less of those feel good moments in the car when I'm just uh, daydreaming and, you know, thinking back to Brazil and stuff. Now uh, I'm actually in the situation where I'm debating. I'm being ridiculed, half. Why are you being I'm ridiculed? being ridiculed by family and friends and actually 160 members of the Sumba crew. Uh, because I did say something on the on, on the summer tour when I was, you know, uh, I was just kept carried away with the excitement of how the Socceroos were going in those first two games, and the young kiddies, and Ange Postacoglu and what we did. You know, we were, you know, uh, just a slither away of beating the Dutch. who went all the way to the, you know, to the, uh, you know, later stages to the, of the tournament. And I did say at the time that I felt that this current Socceroos squad, this current Socceroos team under Ange Postecoglou, yes. Now, I'll say it, it's not yeah. enough for me to be ridiculed amongst family and friends in the summer tour. I'm going to be ridiculed statewide, internationally, I think, because you've got an international audience. Or a big audience overseas. This Socceroos squad, silly, eh? going this, I'm silly. going to say it. Not, this Socceroos squad.
2: To, are you sure you want
1: to say Yes, this? I'm going to say it. This Socceroos squad Carlos. is going to be the best Socceroos squad that we've ever had. Yeah, I've got a spring in my pants. Absolutely. That's
2: this one currently. This one, yep. The one that had nine goals scored against it.
1: Yep. Best ever. This one will be our best ever. I'm not, you know, well, best ever as far as we don't know what's going to happen after this, you know, after the next 10 years, after the next two World Cups. But up until this point in time, I think this team, they're not currently the best ever that we've had. Right. But uh, certainly, uh, I believe, uh, by Russia, that's if we go. <laughs>
3: <Job> <laughs> Maybe ship, not go. It might,
1: might be did not compete there. And uh, then again, are we going to compete in uh, Qatar? Will they be the best team never to go to a World Cup? I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, if we do go to Russia, I think this team uh, will equal the performances of previous uh, you know, great soccer teams, and I think uh, we'll just get better and better. And the reason why I say that is because I feel that uh, the way we're trying to play the football, what we've done with little preparation so far in those games against really good teams, in, in especially the Chileans and also the Dutch, uh, the Spanish... You know, spanked us and, you know, we'll uh, cop the lesson there. But the first two games, with little preparation, not even our best team on the park, uh, and a very, very short time with a coach that wants to be proactive with the way they play, wants to overpossess, wants to go at the best teams in the world. I think four years of that, uh, I don't think we'll probably show it during the Asian Cup necessarily, but four years of that expectation and that sort of uh, you know, way of going about it, I honestly believe that this team will end up surpassing anything that we've done in the past. If, but if you don't mind, half I'd yeah. like to throw it to the listeners. Is, that, if that, our hot re- topic? is that our hot topic? No, the hot topic for me is, you know, if that, if, of course, this team hasn't become the best we've ever had, but I'd like to throw out there the question, what has been the best soccer team that we've had? Is it 1974? The team that went, uh, you know, 11 qualification games. Uh, they were a pack of amateurs. They went to a World Cup that only had 16 teams that qualified. They were in the group, you know, talk about our group of death this time around. They were in the group of death with Chile, East Germany and West Germany. East Germany beat West Germany, the only team that beat them in the uh, in the actual, uh, in that tournament. Uh, we lost 2-0 against East Germany, 3-0 against West Germany and uh, we nearly beat Chile in that game with a pack of amateurs. They were, they were pioneers, those guys, and they oh. were fantastic. Uh, was it the uh, 1986 team, that uh, the Mad Dogs, that played Scotland? Uh, we lost 2-0 over there. We got spanked. But over in Melbourne, those people are in that stadium, Olympic Park, 35,000 people crammed in sardines. Half we We're all sardines. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Jim Layton, the goalkeeper for Scotland, had the game of his life, absolute game of his life. Uh, Jim Batikas, Johnny Cosmina having nightmares nightly uh, with the, with the goals they should have scored in those games in that game there, and we uh, we didn't qualify, but they were, they certainly put a lot of respect back in the team. Was it the um, you know the, the 1994 team that lost to an Argentina side led by Diego Maradona, and we lost by the own goal over there and beyond the own goal, own goal. That that was a difference between the two sides, and that Argentinian side. It was a drugged up Maradona too, by the way, because he went to the World <laughs> Cup. He got he got done for drugs. But at the same time, uh, that shows how good our performance was. Was it Venables' '98 team? Oh, you know understand. where we uh, lost against Iran in tragic circumstances. Now Terry Venables has come out since and said that that Socceroo team, if it had gone to France, could have gone semi-finals, quarter-finals, semi-finals. That's Terry Venables saying that. Okay, so was it that team? Uh, of, of course, 2002, okay, we were comprehensively beaten by Uruguay, so let's not count that one. Right. Even though Muskie's goal, Kevin Musket's goal, took a 1-0 lead over to Montevideo, yeah. and uh, we got beaten 3-0 over there. Or was it the 2006 World Cup team that uh, got to the... Uh, to the, you know, so close uh, to uh, knocking out Italy, the eventual winners. Are they the best team ever? A lot of people will probably go for that team. Uh, but the 2010 team was so disappointed, they got as many points as the 2006 team in the group stages we didn't go through. So oh, there you go. That's a little uh, a synopsis crazy. of all of it. And uh, But I still reckon this current team will be our best ever down the track. You can have a crack at me about that. Uh, but I'd like to hear what, Ed, what everyone else has got to say about the other teams.
2: Well, you can now get on the lines right now if you want to have a say about that with Carlos. 9429 1116 is the open line number. We've got great prizes to give away on half time this afternoon. Looking forward to giving them away to our best callers, Carlos. The, um, the feedback you're getting early doors uh, <laughs> via the SMS machine goes a little bit like this. Yeah. Leroy says, mm. someone has done a samba on his head. <laughs> Christian Tullamorean yeah. says, you're on drugs. Yes, yeah, Diego Maradona's drugs. <laughs> and the other one of them, before it's uh, flipped over on the page, what is this bloke on? Let's, let's debate it. Let's debate it. Uh,
1: you know, every one of these teams... I, look, I grew up with all... From 74 onwards, I don't remember any of the teams before that. I was only a 10-year-old, and I remember nearly having a crack at my dad. I don't know if anyone's had a crack at their dad. I mean, a physical, you know, throwing fists at Assault. your dad. Yeah, well, it was, because... Dad uh, smirked when he heard that we were playing Chile, West Germany, and East Germany. And I couldn't understand as a 9- or 10-year-old at that time why he felt that we couldn't beat them. I just didn't understand. And he just sort of laughed at me whenever I said, "Oh, you know, how dare you say that about our team. And and I remember having a big blue with my dad as a 10-year-old about that. Uh, So every one of these teams have uh, really... Inspired me in some way, and by the way, you know the '86 team that I talked about that got knocked out by Scotland. You speak to a lot of the golden, so-called golden generation now, gym, and they will tell you, and they will tell you that many of those players were their heroes. That Harry Kuhl, you know, we heard about the story about Alan Davison being his hero. You know, Mark Viduka, you know, probably had Johnny Cosmina as a hero. I mean, all these guys grew up watching that 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 Mad Dog team. Of the mid '80s, yep. and uh, and I think that they left a fantastic legacy, uh, and that that's got to count for something too.
2: All right, we'll take your calls nine forty nine eleven sixteen. Carlos reckons that uh, that this version will be the greatest ever soccer team, yep. But which one is up until this point? Your calls nine forty nine eleven sixteen. Darren's in Melbourne. He wants to get involved. Darren,
0: good going, going well. Anyway. Yeah, I think I
2: think you're on the money there, mate.
0: I reckon this side will be will go down as one of the greatest that we'll have. Uh, but the 0 team, all it lacked, the Duke was brilliant up there, but we didn't have someone like a Robbie Cruz working off his shoulder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Milius Dujovski was doing that role at that time, and uh, I agree, I, I just didn't think in the 2006 side... We didn't score freely. I know Timmy Kawa came on against Japan and changed things for us there. We got beaten by Brazil. And in that uh, last game against Croatia, Harry Kuhl, something out of nothing. And the first goal was a penalty. So we didn't score freely. uh, And it showed when we played Italy without a Harry Kuhl that we had all the ball. We outplayed him completely, but we hardly had a shot on goal because the Italians just parked uh, the bus in that game and they were experts at it. They're good
2: bus parkers. Mm. Thank you, Darren, for your calls down the line. Uh, He agrees with you. There's a bit of feedback. Here there you go. That's 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 the first one. I'm glad
1: that uh, Kerry's actually filtering the calls for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: You've got the two bottles of red and white wine for AR Property Investments. Uh, We'd solve the property investment puzzle for you. Four travel padlocks next to A-Bus. If you love it, lock it with A-Bus. And in the draw for the weekend driving experience from Richmond Skoda, Australia's number one Skoda dealer. Thank you, Darren, for that. Uh, Ross is in Heidelberg West. G'day, Roscoe.
0: How are you, fellas?
2: Good,
1: mate.
0: Um, I'm Thinking a different on um, different lines a little bit, is in instead of the, which Australian team could have been the best or what not. I was thinking, imagine it was a different coach. I remember at the time um, with Adelaide City had all those they, that era of incredible players, Alex Stobe, really, Emiliano Vidmar, and I remember at the time because my cousin used to play for Adelaide City for a few years. they were actually thinking about putting mm. Zora Maddich as um, the national coach, but they didn't pick him because his English and his profile to the media wouldn't have been as attractive, I think, at the time as... I'm not sure who they put in, but it was someone who could speak English a little bit better. Eddie Thompson, I, I think, uh, Ross. So
1: I think it was Eddie Thompson.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I was just wondering if Zoe took over the national team and had a particular time with them, what he could have done because he was he playing so many. You're talking about the Zabikas, the Tobins, the Vidmars, Joe Maw, I mean that that LA City time, LA City era it was they 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 were just it was just an incredible team and they brought through so many even players like uh, Charlie Villani. you know they didn't make I don't think he went to the national team but they had such an era and he was going to get picked but they weren't they didn't like the profile of that broken up English um, yeah. when it comes to interviews. So,
1: yeah, look, yeah, a, a lot of people will argue a lot of the players. Uh, they really, I mean, Eddie Thompson ended up being the the national team coach under Frank uh, after Frank Arock for uh, a couple of uh, World Cup uh, rotations, and uh, and the players loved Eddie. They loved him, and you know he had a fantastic. Uh, NSL record too as a, as a as a coach and he and he done his apprenticeship under Frank Garrock also so look you probably get a few arguments from some of the players uh, about that but I understand what Ross is saying Zoran Madic was a master and he just uh, you know you get winning coaches he yep. was a win- he just won all the time. And he had the same lot of players that just played a disciplined brand of football, very technical brand of football, but a lot of people would argue that Eddie Thompson was a fantastic NSL coach with Sydney Arcoa, Sydney City Harkoa at the time, and also then, uh, you know, as a national coach, had his moments also.
2: Thank you, Ross, for your call. A complimentary family meal deal at uh, either the Gateway Hotel in Karaya, Manhattan Hotel in Ringwoop, or the Village Green Hotel in Mulgrave coming your way. Double pass to any Collingwood MCG match next to Subway. Double pass to Aussie Rules the World, starring Mike Sheen, Adam Goods, Peter Fitzsimons, following world superstar Brett Kirk. What about that? That'd be great. And a Yarrabend Adventure Golf Pass coming your way from YarraBendGolf.com. Uh, we're taking your calls, and what is. The greatest soccer team up until this point. Carlos giving you some versions. He thinks long term the one we just saw in Brazil will be number one down the track. Yeah, we can respond to that too if you like after the break. 11-16 The world game with Carlos Alberto Diego
1: on eleven sixteen. Sen halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverly BMW. First class service is our commitment.
2: 24 past one on a Wednesday afternoon. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us from the Four Diego's. You can hear the boys back together tonight. The band's back together from 11 o'clock on SEN until midnight tonight. So don't miss that. But a bit of a teaser for you this afternoon with Carlos, and he's thrown it out there mm. that the current crop of Socceroos will be the greatest crop ever by the time they're best team. By the time they're finished.
1: Best team. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Oh, 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 uh, no, no. Best yeah, oh. best Socceroos team. It's very different from having. The best players ever, because I think that means we're going to have to have someone who's better than Harry Kuehl, someone who's better than Tim Kale, and I'm not quite sure about the career paths, but this team will be our best team. Right. So they're very different from having. Because okay. that's another, that's another argument. Team. That's another show. Part. Another show, is it? Uh, the, the best ever. Well, we might get onto it today, I'm not best sure. Best
2: yeah. team ever. Yes, that's, that's right. That's what you're saying. 9, yep. 4, 2, 9, 11, 16, with your calls on that. What is or what has been the best soccer team? Ever Phil in point Cook is on the line. Good day, Phil.
0: Yeah, good day, um, My nomination is a little bit uh, of a different one in a sense. I actually think the best soccer roost team ever, and I actually think this team is responsible for the best achievement by any Australian sporting team of any code. Where, even comparing it to the 1948 Invincibles or the hockey roos that won the successive Olympic gold medals, but I think the 1974 soccer roos team yep. is not just the greatest soccer roos team, but the greatest sporting achievement by any Australian team because. It was one of 16 teams in the world competition at the time. They were all part-timers. They were from uh, state competitions. None of them played overseas. None of them even played in a national league. So for me, pound for pound, it's going to be almost impossible to top what that team has done. I think we would have to win the World Cup to, to actually have a team that would, for me... Uh, you talk about David and Goliath, mm. um, a team that would achieve what those seventy-four soccer boys did.
1: Uh, Phil, absolutely spot on, and I uh, and you know your stuff, mate, because uh, uh, those boys went through hell. They gave up their work, and they, 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 and they really had to do it for the love of it. They weren't yeah. getting paid a heap of money. I know that Adrian Alston, after that World Cup, a big tall, uh, he'd probably be the equivalent of uh, a, a Josh Kennedy, Adrian Alston. and he uh, he was he was our, one of the one of the blokes who actually had a quite a good World Cup. Uh, you know, for, you know, for having for being an amateur, and he was recruited by Luton Town in England, and they paid. I just I just saw the article the other day. I've got it sort of tucked away at home, and uh, and he was the the transfer fee half was twenty thousand dollars. 20, which is 000. probably half a week's wage for some of the Aussies playing over there at the moment. Uh, so $20,000 was the big... Back, where, back, what, back in 74, 75? 75, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, he went for that. And, you know, Phil, I actually uh, spent a bit of time as a junior because my local club was Footscray JUST because I'm obviously from the Footscray area. Just Yeah, Footscray JUST, JUST. And uh, Just stand for? Uh, it was Jugoslav United Sports Team. Just. So, yeah, right, eh? that's right. Uh, just. Footscrow just And it was my local club, uh, and uh, I, know the, I know what those, the seniors uh, were playing on every week and what they were training on. It was basically a park, yep. a park in an industrial park. That's all it is, with a little bit of a white railing around it. And Branko Buljevic was one of our main strikers in that World Cup, and he was training two nights a week on this park that I trained on. And by the way, on every other night, they'd have horses doing equestrian sort of stuff on this park. <laughs> Uh, so I know the facilities and the fact that these guys had to work all day, then come to training at night, uh, you know, and they'd be training two nights a week, and then they play on the weekend, and uh, it, you know, and then they'd go and play against France Beckenbauer in uh, against West Germany in that World Cup it was a fantastic uh, achievement.
2: Phil, thank you for your call. Carlos got a bit of a spring in his pants about that. So <laughs> you got a complimentary meal at the Gateway Hotel, Manhattan Hotel, or Village Green. 2014 Champions AFL the card album from Select Australia. Complimentary car park pass to the Lunar Drive-In in Dandenong. And for you and a friend of Comics Lounge, Silver Members Pass coming your way. And I'll throw in a Yarra Bend Adventure Golf Pass as well. Lots of giveaways there. Just filthy. You've done very well. Just on, uh, for the um, interest of clarity and accuracy here, Carlos, the 74 team. Yep. How much, uh, how many of the uh, other teams around the world would have been full-time at that time?
1: Uh, good question. I'll have to look at the list, but... Uh, only 16 teams qualified, so uh, I would think maybe any team from Africa that qualified. Again, I don't, I don't have all the all the teams there, but uh, 16 teams. You'd think close to maybe 12 or 13 would have been fully professional from big countries around the world. Uh, again, those people who have got uh, access to Wikipedia now might maybe send through some of their own. Uh, you know, Do a bit of research for us and uh, and just send through other teams that were playing in that World Cup that might not have been professional.
2: Steve Larry wants to get involved in the discussion this afternoon. G'day, Steve. Uh, how are you
0: going, guys? Going well. Good, uh, look, uh, i got to agree with the last call. It's absolutely spot on. But uh, when we take into consideration how we feel when we see a great performance by a soccer team at a World Cup or a big competition, I don't think, for me, can ever be outweighed by how I felt when our soccer team—I can't
1: remember the year—beat England in England. Yep, That's with Harry Kewell. England, Harry
0: Kewell. Yeah,
1: three-one. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, Frank Farina, and that was uh, prior to the 2002 qualifiers. I think was that that in one 2001. Guy? Yeah, something like, somewhere around what that. 2000, really? 2001, and we we beat a team, and again. You know, so, uh, Sven-Goran Eriksson was the manager of uh, England at the time. That team had uh, David Beckham playing for them. Um, uh, uh, Stephen Gerrard, I think, was playing for them. I mean, look, I can't be wrong. I don't have the list in front of me. But all the big players at that time were playing for England. And we beat them three one. Harry Kuehl on fire. It was like
2: where was it?
1: Uh, it was either Fulham or um, Upton Park, or oh, one yeah, of those. To, uh, yeah, one of those places. And there was about you know a hundred people there to watch it because <laughs> it was just a friendly game. But uh, I remember Harry Kuehl just took it upon himself to just make a statement about how good he was. I mean, I'm not saying he was being selfish and played his own. He was just. It was his stage against the best players in England, and he was clearly the best player on the park that night. Uh, yeah, fantastic performance, and uh, that was one of the great performances, like you said. And just on that one there, Half, too, the, the 1997, and I don't want to drag this up for all those people who've been scarred by Iran 1997. We, well, we did, uh, November, I think November 29th, uh, 1997, at the MCG. Uh, I thought that that performance by an Australian side was as good a performance as I've seen any Australian side. And I've I've probably watched every Socceroo game probably since the 70s. And I I don't think there's been a better performance uh, of a Socceroo team than we had that night against a run at the MCG. Stan Lazaridis, that night, was playing left-back, marauding up and down. He he was marauding half. And it was as good a performance as I've seen any Socceroo have, uh, the marauder. He was almost a marauding prong from from behind. Uh, But those people who were there that night know what I'm talking about. It was just an exhilarating performance. And in the end, it was such devastation because uh, we only got a draw and uh, we conceded two late goals in the last 15 minutes and we didn't qualify because of the uh, away goals rule. Unbelievable. Serial pissed. I was babysitting that night. No, I was go. heartbroken. That's
2: right. I was heartbroken. Yeah. Babysitting my nephews. Uh, <laughs> not my nephews, my cousins. Um, I was heartbroken. It was a shocking night. And thanks for bringing it up again just to relive the pain, <laughs> Carl. Steve, thanks for your call. You've got two bottles of red and white wine thanks to AR Property Investments. We solved the property investment puzzle for you. Four travel padlocks thanks to Abus. If you love it, lock it with Abus. And in the draw for the weekend driving experience from Richmond, Skoda, Australia's number one Skoda dealer. Chris is in Taylor's Hill. G'day, Chris. Yeah, g'day,
3: fellas. How are we going? Good. Good, mate. Um. Yeah, that '98 team was. I think out of two teams, or only two teams that um went undefeated during qualifying, and the World Cup, and that was France and Australia. I I, I can't believe we didn't qualify for that '98 World Cup. We would have yep. smashed it. Yeah. Were you there that night, uh, Chris? Um. No. I do remember on my knees, bawling my eyes out yeah. as a yeah, thirteen, fourteen-year-old. Yep. Yeah. It made up for a going to Sydney and watching us qualify against Urquhart. Yeah. Look I'll at the pain you're bringing just, up. I'll, I'll i know. probably cried just as much. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the
2: pain you're bringing up today on our listeners.
1: It shows probably me being a, a doggy supporter, the, the negativity I bring to these you're things. You're But, saddest, but, but you uh, I remember back in uh, in 97 at the game, we were in the second second uh, tier of the MCG, and it wasn't a renovated to MCG in those days. I think it was the old MCG. And, uh, and we were there, and we went tuning all up, and everyone around me sort of jumping up and down, saying, so We're going to France, we're going to France, and all this sort of stuff. And for a minute, I was joining in with all oh, lists. you well, didn't. It was all the Diego's. You
2: put a dampener on it. It was
1: Diego's with hair. We all had hair in those days, and we were all. Sort of, and I remember uh, thinking to myself, "Hang on, we've got fifteen minutes to go. If they score one, we're in trouble." Oh, see, so you. you know, I, the I, mods. I, I, I think I was the mods because I started thinking, and then they did score one, and I thought of everyone's saying, "No, we're right, we're right," because you know, if it goes to, if it's a draw, we'll go to penalties. And I said, "No, no, we're not going to go to penalties if it's a draw. We lose." So suddenly. I think everyone got the shakes after I said 100,000 people just got the shakes, and uh, we ended up conceding a second. So
2: It reverberated around the MCG, got yeah. to the players' bench, it got onto the field, and all of a sudden they tightened up, and the second one went through. I'm blaming you for
1: I this. I put my hand up.
2: That's a shocking thing. <laughs> Chris, uh, you got the meal from the Gateway Hotel, Manhattan Hotel, or Village Green Hotel in Mulgrave, double pass when you're calling Collingwood, MCG, to Subway, and a double pass to Aussie Rules the World. Uh, check out the website, AussieRulesTheWorld.com. In cinema July 22nd, I'll throw in a Yarra Benavidji golf pass as well. A bit of feedback off the SMS, Carlos. Can't imagine Haiti or Zaire being yep. fully professional at 74. True. And Johnny says, I'm with you, Carlos. I've got zero tolerance to smirky. <laughs> 26 to 2, back with more. 1116
1: SEN. Halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverly BMW. The all-new BMW X5 is now available.
2: Carlos Alberto Diego is with us talking the world game today and uh, gone through the, the best soccer team of all time. Did we get a conclusion there, Carlos? Oh, not
1: really. I think most people agree that probably 2006. off the SMS. Yeah, fast, absolutely. Fast. But if you really know your history, 74, they were brave men. Brave pioneers. How was
2: 97 for you, Carlos? <laughs> oh, and yeah. It's messy I, I bet know. you said Libba's yeah. goal Was yeah, a point too Yeah I know
1: two. You know Because obviously us, Everyone knows I'm a doggy supporter uh, And by the way It's another show Where I start talking about My, uh, my uh, Appearances for the Footscray Little League When there weren't school teams You had the same team every week And sometimes you went Four or five games without touching the ball because you're playing full-size grounds. Like, there wasn't <laughs> any small ground stuff. So I was with the footy Little League, and uh, so I'd hang out at the, the Western Oval a lot, uh, you know, in between soccer games and stuff like that. And, uh, and I remember in 97, of course, the Doggies, the infamous game where Andrew Jarman um, ended up Ripping us apart when we should have won the game. Darren, uh, Dar- uh, Darren sorry, Darren Jarman. Yeah. And, uh, and then we, uh, and Liver's uh, goal, it was a goal, by the way. So I had heartbreak in September, yes. and then I had heartbreak virtually in the same seat in <laughs> November. A couple of months later. The pain. Fair dinkum. And you wonder why I'm the way I am.
2: The fact you're still here <laughs> just uh, speaks volumes of your resilience, Carlos. Res- volumes of your resilience. Carlos, yeah. uh, tell me about Tim Cale and where he ranks. He's been given award after award yeah. since the, uh, the World Cup, although he didn't get top three in the goal of the World Cup, according to the recent... Well, yeah. the findings, which is ridiculous, No, no. it's number one by street. But uh, James uh, was the man for that. Who's just on with Real Madrid? Need to get to mm. that too. But uh, Timmy Cahill, where's he? Where's he ranking?
0: Australia's <laughs> greatest ever footballer.
2: No, oh, I appreciate that. Was uh, that Harry? Who that said was, that? that? Was Harry? He was yeah, talking to me. But um,
1: oh, uh, sorry, about Timmy.
2: He was talking about me. Oh, okay, okay. But look, you know, we've
1: had we had that one uh, that uh, that big uh, occasion not so long ago where I think SB, not SBS it was Johnny Warren Foundation held the Australia's greatest ever footballer competition. Harry Kuehl won that. Yep. A lot of it was done over the internet and and stuff like that. Now a lot's happened since. Uh, I, you know, it was only maybe 18 months ago where a lot of, a lot of people were suggesting that Tim Cole should retire from the yep. national team. Uh, he had some pretty poor performances under Holger Osik and and, uh, and really there was a lot of question marks about his future. But with what happened at the World Cup, with what he's done at uh, uh, New York uh, Red Bull, and I think he won, uh, I think, the MLS uh, best Athlete Award. I, I don't know if, it's their, if that's their Best Player Award, but he just won that recently. Uh, there's clubs in the EPL that are chasing him again. QPR and Sunderland, I believe, are after him again. Go yeah, He Black Yeah, uh, he's having a bit of a, you know, in the twilight of your career when, you, when Sydney FC thought they had a chance of signing him, he's suddenly a man in demand. Is he clearly the best player we've ever had now? Uh, I don't know. It, it, I think well, far better for me to answer that yeah. question
2: emphatically, but uh, from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Carlos.
1: But like, like those people who think back to that three-one win by Australia over England in two thousand and one, friendly, and uh, yeah, okay, friendly game. But uh, friendly. yeah, is, there was heat. There was heat for about battle. This is a battle royale, the yeah, World Cup. Yeah, but half there was heat. There was heat in that game against England for um, for about thirty minutes. There so some real heat, and that's where Harry really stood up. So I don't know. Um, for me. We could, we can, you know, the romance what Harry, what Tim's doing right now. Not only as a player, but also what he's doing for all the young, you know, kids in the team right now. And yeah. uh, the leadership he's shown. And uh, and really, if you talk about, if people were to name their, you know, twenty top players of the World Cup, he certainly would probably be in that. Even though he only played two games uh, during that World Cup. So, um, yeah, I, I think these days it's pretty safe to say that you know people might be talking about him being the best player ever. I don't know. I'm still not sure whether he's better than Harry Kuhle. Uh, in that, you know, best Australian ever in that regard. Mm. Uh, I'm still a bit upset that they never even considered Craig Johnston in that list. But, you know, I'm not saying Craig was our best ever, but certainly should have been considered in that list.
2: Emmanuel and Caroline Springs uh, makes a good point, I reckon. Kale's our greatest socceroo, but Kuehl is still our greatest Aussie player.
1: Well, you get a lot, a lot of arguments For you. If you're talking about Aussie player, you'll get an argument from me about Craig Johnston. If you're talking about winning things... No, no. If you are talking no, about winning talking things, talking about quality of players. Okay, no. Well, no, uh, bringing, even Craig, even bringing teams in. Yeah, this yeah. Course. Even Craig Johnson will say that the Harry Kuhl is technically better than he, he ever was. But if you talk about winning things and playing in one of the all-time great teams in world football history, Liverpool of the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, Craig Johnson was a regular there. Won European Cups, won five or six uh, uh, first division titles, FA Cups for fun. Half huh? he was winning for fun in that team.
2: Well, he's halftime zone. Yeah, uh, we know that he's part of the family here, Craig Johnson, which is great. Peter's in Deer Park. He wants to talk about the local scene, Carlos, because uh, it's been happening. I didn't know until today. Mark Watson from Radio Sport in New Zealand was telling me that uh, Sydney FC are over in New mm. Zealand at the moment with the Phoenix, as are your boys West Ham yep. and Newcastle. A little bit of a four-way sort of rotation circus, circus over there. Yep, didn't know that. We had the Melbourne Victories play. Was it Bentley? Bentley, uh,
1: Greens, Bentley last Greens last night. Yep,
2: last night. Uh, and Melbourne City are over there in the UK. They play Bolton, I think, yep. tonight or tomorrow morning whatever time it is that way. So the the pre-season is starting to build up for this Hyundai A-League, and Peter in Deer Park wants to get involved. G'day,
3: Pete. How are you? Uh, Carlos, uh, do you think that Melbourne Victory has enough depth to win the next season A-League Championship? I believe that if we don't sign a quality central attacking midfielder to replace Guy Finkler in case he gets injured, Mm. and a left winger, with all due respect to Archie Thompson, who at his age has lost... uh, Uh, His pace, uh, we will struggle. And another thing, it's our defence. We conceded too many goals last season. Uh, That has to be fixed. Uh, If we are uh, serious in challenging for the championship, our wing-backs, uh, Guerrilla, Galloway, Murnane, are very young. If we want them to participate in attack, uh, every time we lose the ball in the front third, uh, everybody has to work hard in putting pressure on the ball and regain possession. If we don't work... uh, Uh, together as a unit, we will fail. We should uh, constantly aim again in playing possession-based football. Uh, Too many times last season, we dropped too deep, and rely on a quick counter-attack to score goals. Uh, To me, it just doesn't seem right, uh, especially when we are playing uh, at home, uh, sitting back, uh, playing uh, a counter-attacking football. Pete's done some early analysis uh, on the
1: victory. that's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant analysis and uh, a good pricey of uh, your thoughts there. Mate, don't don't get worried. I think the spine at victory is looking pretty good at the moment. Uh, uh, Le Pierre, I think they've picked up the Fr- the uh, the. Uh, he's French, I think. I've done have it in front of me. They signed him the other day, uh, and he's played a pretty high level. I think in Germany, and uh, he's comes with great pre- uh, great uh, credentials and I think he's a centre, central defender. Uh, Carl Valeri, I love Carl Valeri. They've signed him. He's a man on the mission. He wants to play for Australia again, and uh, he's coming back from uh, spending a long time in Italy, and hopefully he's injury-free. He's going to be fantastic. He'll be holding, one of your holding midfielders, if not the only one. And don't forget uh, Bursart Barisha up front, uh, oh, the, the central prong, who just loves. Give him all the responsibility. He'll be fantastic. So suddenly, I think you might see more of Archie when there's less expectations on him and you might find that uh, Arch might suddenly go up a level because he's not going to necessarily be the man. And some of the kids they're bringing through are really good, and I don't think uh, Kevin Musket's spending has stopped yet. So the Victory fans out there, I know City's making all the noise at the moment with their signings, you know, with Villa and uh, the talk of Lampard and Duff and all these guys, Uh, but Victory are quietly going about their business. And uh, and by the way, their kids like... uh, um, uh, oh, some of the uh, those good kids, yeah, good kids, good uh, kids, good kids. That uh, then they, they, they played quite well last night, uh, uh, and I'll think of those names.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have a think about that during the break. We'll, we'll track them down yeah, during the break, Alan. Yeah, absolutely. off so the two on eleven sixteen. Sen halftime with
1: Daniel Harford for Midas and Waverly BMW. The all-new BMW 4 Series is now available.
2: Carlos Alberto, Diego with us. Don't forget the boys back together tonight from 11pm on Melbourne's Home Sport.
1: Apologies to the kids of Victory. I do know you. I know you very, very well. Yeah. Connor Payne, uh, Nick Ansel, Jesse Macaroonis, uh, Dylan Mulane, uh, Scotty Galloway, and Mahazi. These kids uh, will improve this year. And I apologise. I couldn't think of any of them on before the, the break. Sometimes and...
2: it happens, mate. Sometimes
1: yes, sometimes. I know. But I do know them. That's right. And they're Johnny, good players.
2: Johnny Mooney Ponds wants to talk victory. Good day, John. Yeah,
0: hi guys, how are we? Good, good mate. Yeah, look I, I think Muskie said last week that just going on about what the, uh what you mentioned before, Carlos. I think Muskie said there's a, we got one more visa signing. Yep. Um uh, it's just at the moment he said it's a bit crazy in Europe, so he's mm. waiting for fallout to see what happens. And I think yeah and then I think two more locals, possibly, and um so, look, I think, you know, at, at the moment, the um, Manchester City is making all the noise. I mean Melbourne City. Yep. Um, and, um, but, uh, yeah, I think as a victory uh, member, I'm quite comfortable with where we're at at the moment. And just one other thing, Carlos, maybe you can answer that for me. What do you reckon uh, Damon Duff's family is getting looked after in the uh, UK? Uh, I find wh- it a bit hard that he's under the salary cap.
1: I've got no idea. <laughs> John, I, that's one thing I never understood. I, I don't understand collective bargaining agreements. I don't understand contracts or anything like that. That's why I was probably uh, a very poor footballer by the time I finished. You want to go prongs, though. Yeah, exactly right. So I can't, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. But one thing, too, John, don't forget that there's a lot of talk of Mark Bresciano and Josh Kennedy coming back to Melbourne. Yes. They haven't declared where they're going to go, whether it's city or victory. And I reckon, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd suggest that. Uh either either both clubs will get one of those two. Uh so that's very exciting. And they if you're talking about the attacking midfielder that victory need, a Bresciano would be fantastic. Uh but you know, a baby giraffe prong like uh like Josh Kennedy would be useful, <laughs> especially to Melbourne City given that Borussia plays for um for uh victory. for victory, yeah.
2: What about the other transfers? I mentioned uh, James, or Rodriguez, to Real Madrid. I think it was for about 80 million euros or pounds. Or something.
1: 63 million pounds.
2: Thirty third most expensive player in history. Is that overs or unders?
1: Well, it's interesting because no one really... I mean, of course, people who know their football in Europe, and, and he was playing, I think, at Monaco. So people who know... I mean, this guy doesn't play in a World Cup and star without being a good player beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but really, on a world scale, not many people knew about James. Uh, but, you know... Look, he's a a flavour of the month, and Real Real Madrid like to have the flavour of the month in their squad. Now, what that does to his career, he's only 23 years old. There's a lot of people who go missing when they go to big clubs too early. So, uh, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. But you love the play, you love the arrogance, he's such a natural footballer. I mean, it's funny saying that when there's so many great footballers around the world, but he looked like a natural footballer who uh, could do anything, he's... uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the pressure cooker of uh, like a Real Madrid where everyone's looking at you. The Cristiano Ronaldo's probably keeping an eye on you. Gareth Bale, they're probably wondering, who's this guy coming in? Another superstar, you know, in the change room. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well,
2: there's only one man who'll get to the bottom of that. That's you, Carlos. That's why <laughs> we love you here on a half-time on a Wednesday afternoon. Back shortly.